All right, everybody, here we go. Sports Cards Live, episode number five. It's a collector's perspective with the mayor of Canada, Rich Barone. But before we get to that, a little bit of housekeeping, everybody. So this weekend would have been Expo, and we're not there. So we're going to have a tribute to Expo weekend on Saturday night. Joining me are insider in, industry insiders. The first one, Steve Menzi, the owner of the Sports Card and Memorabilia Expo. Also, Chris Carlin, the senior manager of customer experience for Upper Deck. When you're talking about industry insiders, this is about as deep as it gets. The next day, Sunday, also would have been Expo, the first ever sports card live showcase, a toast to Expo, starting about 4 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, 6 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be hosting ten of around 10 of my favorite Expo vendors. But guys, I've got like 50 favorite Expo vendors. This, these are the ones that I could get a hold of. This was very quickly. This, this happened very fast. So we're going to have about 10 guys. We're going to be showing cards. We're going to be interacting. And if there's any cards that you like, you can reach out to these guys. We're going to be, you know, these are cards that would have been at Expo. These are cards that will likely be at the next Expo. But again, if you see something you like, you're going to be able to reach out to these guys. Wednesdays and Saturday shows are booked through the end of May already. So lots of exciting stuff happening on Sports Cards Live. Really excited about it. All right. Tonight, my guest is a man who has likely slightly offended you at an expo or a national. If you've been to these shows and you've been offended, maybe sworn at by an Italian New Yorker in an Islanders jersey, then you've had the pleasure of meeting this man, my friend, the mayor of Canada, Rich Barone. Let's bring him on. There he is. Rich, Rich, it's a pleasure to have you on the show very appropriate that you join me on episode number five. We go way back. We go back to about 2009. Straight away, I want to get right into it with you. The question everybody wants to know, why do they call you the mayor of Canada? And you're not even from Canada. You live in New York City. What do you mean I'm not from Canada? I lived in Canada sometime. For like why do a they week call you the mayor of Canada? Well, first of all, happy belated birthday. I have to throw that one in. I know it was the other day, but I had to throw it in. I figured I'd be talking to you rather than throw it online. They call me the mayor of Canada because uh, we were talking one day about 9-11. I was talking to Frankie and a couple of the dealers from Expo, and I was wondering where the mayor was, who, what's going on with Canada politics. So I'm like, don't you guys have a mayor? And I didn't know that. And it was a joke, and all of a sudden, it wasn't a joke by me because I was trying to be halfway serious. But next thing I know, I picked up the nickname, I think Vic or Frankie, uh, one of the dealers at Expo goes, oh, you're the mayor of Canada. I said, what? <laughs> Crazy. Uh, we might have had a little, you know, influence in our bodies at the time. Probably, I think it was actually like after um, the original Mexican place we went to before Jack Astor's. I don't even remember the name of it. Lone but, Star. Yeah, we all got sick there once or twice. Definitely got sick there once or twice. I know I did. Canadians cannot make Mexican food. I'm convinced of that. But uh, it started as a joke. And it just grew and grew and grew. Before I was known as the mayor, I was known as the jersey guy. Because as you know, at the expo, I used to change my jerseys, what, six or seven times at least per show? Per day. Yeah, this way people wouldn't recognize me. But somehow when I talked, you guys with that funny accent, eh? Uh, always picked up, but uh, I was me. But it was it was interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? I know you as the mayor of Canada. I, I may be the one who loves it more than anybody. Actually, I have one of your cards here. So part of the whole mayor of Canada thing, it, it turned into being a bit of a fundraiser. I remember a few <clears throat> ago, 
ago for one of our buddies who had a relative who needed a new wheelchair. And so, you know, they made these cards up. This is this is the Rich Barone 1978-79 Opeachy. And you actually signed this one for me, Mayor of Canada. So I have a bunch of them. I have a bunch of unsigned copies as well. Like we, we had, there were lots of them made and you were going around. What, what were you doing with them? You were going around at Expo to tell me about that story. Well, it started off as a joke. They made up a banner and everything. And it was a post that made Frank Stein, who's a dealer up there, who was my partner and still is my partner. My buddy uh, made up all the stuff about the mayor of Canada for a joke. He made up the shirt you're wearing. He made up uh, posters. He made up the cards. And they were all laughing at it because they thought it was really funny. So I turned around. I was talking to Frankie, and we were talking about his one of his relatives. I think it was a cousin or something. And it was a kid in a wheelchair, and she needed a new wheelchair. So I turned around. I played my ace, which was doing something nice, as they say. And I took those cards, and people were asking me left and right for the cards. I don't know why. I'm not worth as much as – well, I'm worth more than Tavares right now. But – so I took the card and I started signing some and I was giving them out. And I'm like, you know what? Let's make some money out of this. So we raised almost, I think we raised like $1,800, uh, U.S. that is. And people were giving towards the cause and we turned it into something from a joke to a charity event, which worked really nice. And from what I understand, she got the wheelchair, I believe. But it, it was good. It was funny, actually. You guys all picked on me like normal. And by the way, I don't think you ever the saw these. The second version of the card, okay? Okay. Sorry, I had technical difficulties there, Rich, and anybody else. I don't know if you've noticed that, but my apologies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't notice it at all, Jeremy. But that's okay. Sorry about that. That's how that, that came about. It came about as a joke. And I mean, there's one or two guys who are louder than me, I think. I don't know. You'd you be the judge of that who uh, started yelling, the mayor of Canada at the Expo. Why are you shaking your head right away? Nobody's louder than me? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Not at Expo, Rich. Not at Expo. Maybe in New York. You're probably average in New York. But at Expo in Toronto, you you stand out. People can hear you uh, You know, half half the show away. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm a shy and quiet guy. Sure you are. Sure you are. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've been collecting for a long time. Give us a bit about your history. What got you into collecting in the first place? Um, actually, it was a girlfriend's little brother who had a box of, it had to be like 1979 Tops baseball. And he was ripping them open. I mean, I opened them as a kid. We all did. And baseball was a thing down here in the States compared to, we didn't know what hockey was. That's played with a stick instead of a real you know, the bat, but uh, he started opening them and he pulled it out. He said, oh, this one's worth this amount of money. I said, how do you know that? And he pulled out something, I think it was like the original, before Beckett, there was SCD, which had a price guide in it, which listed one or two pages at a time in the magazine with the guide. And I was like, wow. I says, well, I got some old cards and I ended up giving him some of my old stuff that I was collecting as a kid. And I think I gave him like a Nolan Ryan rookie and, you know, some very nice cards that I found out later were worth a couple of bucks. And he just smiled and laughed at me the whole time. Um, And Billy's saying he's never seen an actual shirt. If he's a nice guy, maybe we'll get him one. (laughs) You know, but I don't know. Um, But I just grew from there. I went from opening 81. I remember opening, looking for Cal Ripken rookies. And the Fleer and the Don Ross, and then 
the early update, yeah the 82 tops trading came out with uh, the ripkin in it and everybody was ripping those for the ripkin and the ripkins was selling for two three hundred dollars at that time yeah and then i started opening boxes then i went to opening cases and back then there weren't really any hobby stores so you know you go into a store like down here was models that sold the cards it wasn't wasn't we didn't have the Walmarts on the island back then, which I don't care for Walmarts, but I'm not even saying that. Um, so I was walking into these model stores, and you know the guys putting out the boxes. And I'm taking every one that they put on a shelf, and I started ripping them. Then the first dealer I think opened like 1983 on the island, somewhere around there. And that, of course, Tony Gwynn, everybody was going nuts for him. But I remember '85. I remember Mark McGuire rookies. Uh, you can say what you want of the guy. I don't care because I don't care anyway about Mark McGuire. He's probably a nice guy and everything, but is he a true 500 home run hitter? Is, you know, all these guys with the steroids? Who knows? Do they belong in the Hall of Fame? It was the era back there. My eyes, yes. But they should put Pete Rose in over anybody. Agreed. Agreed. So so that's the history of collecting. You got into it in the mid-'80s just like a lot of – just like I did, just like a lot oh, yeah. of people did, right? But oh. so – what what do you collect now? What, and and not only what do you collect, how do you collect? And I also want to know about some. Uh, you know, I know you're a, you're pretty much you, you you were a member of the Upper Deck Diamond Club almost from inception until uh, you know even if it's still going on right now. So let's hear about a, a bit about this. But what do you what do you actually chase right now as a collector when you're going to I, show when you're online? I still go after my dead cuts. I still go after very very heavily. Tell uh, us what a dead, what's it. What do you mean by dead cuts? Explain that. A dead cut is a person, a Hall of Fame, or whoever, an athlete, or right now they're doing everybody who has passed away, and they take a signature from like a photo, they cut it out, and they put it on a card. Um, like, I'll show you this one, even known. This is the dead cut of Lou Gehrig. And yes, I did pull this card. Uh, is that and a 101? This is the 101 Lou Gehrig from the, I think it was 2011. But, uh, Obviously, Gehrig's not alive to sign. If he was, I'd be stalking him. Um, and they took the signature. This is actually, from what I understand, this was a, an autograph out of his college, a college page that he signed with the baseball team. But uh, I don't know. I've done a lot of research on the card to find out it was. And I think it's the crispest, clearest signature of Gehrig I've ever seen. But somebody out there will have something better. You know that as good as I do. Of course. Very nice, very nice piece. So you, you collect the dead cut. So any Hall of Famer, baseball player who's passed away, where Upper Deck or 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 Tops or whomever has acquired an autograph, put it in a card. You refer to those as dead cuts. I always get a bit of a kick out of it when I hear you talking about them at Expo. What I know, I know you're a diehard Islanders fan. You've got two jerseys on the couch behind you there. What do you collect for the Islanders? You, you are talking to you know. There's a lot of hockey people in the crowd. Let's hear what, what do you collect Islanders wise and hockey wise. Um, I've been told I stalk Brian Trottier. Um, I have a huge Trottier collection, huge bossy collection, Gillies. The uh, Islanders from the 80 that were around when I won the cup. I won the cup. Yeah, in my mind, I did win the cup with them. That was four in a row, by the way. And, uh, you know, I know my Maple Leafs guys out there are probably saying something. But um, I am a huge Islander fan. I started collecting Barzy. But everybody in the world started collecting Barzy. Uh, I'm a Josh Bailey fan because – I've known Josh for years, and he lives by me. Um, but Bailey, I don't know what I don't own of Bailey. There's one or two pieces I don't own, but 
these guys know I'm after them, and you know as good as I do, when somebody knows you're after something and you don't know them that well, they're going to try and make enough money where the one guy wanted $1,000 for the puck logo. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth a thousand bucks. And if I had a problem questioning the price, same as I do at the expo, Jeremy, what's this card worth? You know, but uh, yeah. And there's uh, always more cards. They're always making more cards. There's always, always more stuff out there. I learned a long time ago. We don't need to chase every single card of every player. There are people who are completionists and they want anything and everything. I don't think you're like that. Yeah. I, I'm not like that. But uh, a lot of people are. Jay-Z, thanks for joining us, having uh, some scotch and watching. Awesome to have you in the crowd. Um, your boy Johnny. Johnny Z, Jay-Z. So, okay, so do you break a lot of cases? I see in my head, I, I think of you as a case breaker. Tell us a bit about your breaking uh, your breaking history. Oh, my breaking history. I don't even know how much I've spent on cards. I really don't. But uh, I went from in the 80s breaking, you know, 10, 12 boxes a week to, wow. Um, there were certain cards that I was after, and I believed you had to pull them rather than go, now you go on eBay and you can pick up whatever you want. But back then, it wasn't as easy. I mean, I tried to put together, like, SP Legendary Cuts up a deck product, which, Grant, if you're listening, I really wish you would bring back one day, even if you did one in hockey, which these guys would freak over. But um, I... Still to this day, I'm trying to put together that set. There's 318 to 321 of them. Um, I have 318 out of the 321. And to give you an idea, I'll show you quick. Oh, it's a little heavy. Oh, Every wow. one of these is a dead cut from 09. Wow. So is that a complete set or what? what, what is that? Do you have any doubles in there? Like two, two of the two of twos, anything like that? Or are those all? No, they're all, they're all single players. And if uh, I'm going to pull one out of random, I don't even know. Let's see. What do you say? The middle head. Yeah, like this is the Joe Cronin from it. The okay. six and eight. And basically, these cards were inserted one in the case. And I would say I probably opened two to 300 cases of it. Wow. Yeah, I really went. So, so okay, before we. Before we move along, I have a question for you. But first, Amit has a question for you, Richie. What is your elusive dead cut? What's the one card you're still looking for out there? Kid Nichols. Who? Kid Nichols was a early, early 1900, late 1890s, 1910s, 20s. Um, he's a 300 game winner. Uh, I've never seen one. Somebody told me there's one that exists, but I don't believe so. If it's out there, I'd love to even just see the card. An autographed baseball of Kid Nichols was sold by Sotheby's. Um, I put a bid on it at $128,000, and I wasn't even close to giving you an idea um, because Kid Nichols is probably the rarest signature from the Baseball Hall of Fame, but nobody's ever heard of him, which is I amazing. Haven't, book. I haven't um, heard of him, and you couldn't win it for one hundred and twenty grand. Wow, that, that's, a, that's, that's a big bid, I, man. Big bid. I've, only, I've only seen two of his autographs in my life. I mean, Ruth's, Gehrig's, they're all out there. You go to a national, and you know as good as I do, we both go to the nationals. Um, you go to a national, you're going to see Ruth cuts. You're going to see Garrett cuts. But yeah. Walter Johnson, you know, everybody in baseball in the world, and all your hockey cuts even are coming now. Now they're starting to show up. Yeah. Um, but you'll, if you ever see a kid, Nichols, take a photo. Send it to me. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, sure I'm about to find – I'm sure I'm about to stumble across one in the next few days here. I'll be sure to send you a picture of one. Yeah, you're not going to stumble across one. I'm sure. not – of course. I'll even, I'll even bet you a drink on it, okay? That's how positive I am. 
Jack and Coke, you betcha, you betcha, Richie, you bet. So listen, you talk, okay, you've broken your fair share of legendary cuts. Are you breaking product uh, year over year? I know, I, I, I remember you, you, you'd send me pictures and say, hey, I just broke a case of cup. Did I get anything? I'm like, don't you know? You just dropped thousands of dollars. You don't know if you got anything. <laughs> I like that. I like that approach. Uh, it, it's fun. It, it's surprising. Tell us a bit about that. And, you know, really, I, wanna, I, want, I want the people who are watching to get an understanding of how you went from breaking product, upper deck product specifically, that got you into the Diamond Club. And uh, not everybody knows what the Diamond Club is, but perhaps you can just tell us how did you get into it and what was it like to be a part of it? What kind of perks did you get? Let's start with the breaking. Um, I started off breaking baseball, obviously, but uh, I got into a fight with Tops that uh, over a dead cut, actually. It was a Mickey Mantle dead cut. And they basically really made me feel like a piece of crap. Sorry about that. I know. I, I cut it down to crap from something else. And they called me, basically called me a liar and told me I didn't know the hobby. And I was on the phone with them for hours. Anybody who's ever called customer service knows what I'm talking about. And along came hockey. And being an Islander fan my whole life, I started ripping hockey because it started showing up more in the States. Uh, you guys in Canada have always had the OPGs, and you can go through every single brand. I know that because I know you by heart. You can name anything and everything. I've always admired that about you. And you can pronounce their names. I always have problems. You know, they play that games with me. You do butcher yeah. their names. You do that for sure. But oh, that's okay. I, I am the first to admit it. And you guys have fun showing me a card, say this guy's name. Yeah, I'm not even close. But that's the way we pronounce it in New York, okay? It might be pronounced another way for you. But <laughs> getting back, so up at deck, I started ripping cases upon cases. Um, I ripped a lot of uh, SP, um, SP Authentic. A lot of it. Um, I ripped a lot of all. I basically stayed away from the regular UD one and you know series one and series two because yeah. it wasn't as much fun. Because back then the young guns, yeah, I never cared about young guns. But you guys are insane about young guns up in Canada compared to the way we are in the states. Right now the McDavid's and you know the Austin, they're all insanely priced. But down here, yeah, okay, I'd rather have an autograph or a nice jersey card. So if you opened enough product, your dealer basically recommended to upper deck you know we have a club called diamond club which the first time all of a sudden you're finding guys are really really into this hobby like you are and it's like oh i'm not the only nut yeah and it really was i'm not the only nut and i start talking to some of these guys on the phone um the first time was a meeting in vegas which i basically sat quiet believe it or not um they had a guest LeBron. LeBron not, yeah, sure. But I actually did. Yeah. Uh, I behaved myself. They had LeBron James there. Oh. And Upper, Upper Deck has been, I mean, they're, ama they're an amazing company. I've always loved them because they're a very personal company. You get to know them, you're friends for life. I mean, Chris, Diane, Lady Cup, as I call Diane. But it goes way back before then. I want a trip to Hawaii, um, the Kit Young show, which, you know, it's a dealer show only. But they invited four collectors. This is really my how I got known in the hobby. Um, the Kit Young Show, they flew me into Hawaii. Guests, wrote, guests there were Duke Snyder, uh, Pete Rose, and Johnny Riggins. Now, John Riggins, I'm a huge, huge fan of. You guys, that's football for you Canadians. That's around, you know, and it's not the CFL. That's the fake one. Um, but they, Upper Deck, you know, was really, really cool. 
we sat on a podium and there were like 200 dealers in an audience and they were afraid that nobody would be able to talk. All right. I can talk. I'm not afraid to talk. Anybody knows me. <laughs> so, Oh, Angel. Yeah. All right. Um, I sat on a podium with four guys who were so-called high super collectors like myself. One guy I still remember saying, Oh, I only collect Brett Favre. Now, at the time, what? There were 10 Brett Favre, you know, Brett Favre, 10 cards made a year. So congratulations, you got all 10 in 20 minutes. That's what I was thinking of myself. The other one just collected some. And then you got me. And I start off, well, I hope you guys got like an hour and a half because I can talk about this hobby because I love this hobby. And I just went on and on and on. And these guys were all hobby shop owners from all over the U.S. And in fact, there were a few from Japan that I remember. And one of them I'm still friends with. Um, but I went on about it. And, they, were, you know, the one guy was like, well, what do you collect? I says, what do you have for me to open right now? And the funniest part, um, Upper Deck actually back then, um, it, what there was, I don't remember his name off the top. He was an Upper Deck rep. He's not with the company any longer. But he brought me up a box of cards. And here I am talking to these guys. I'm ripping. I'm like, yo, yo, give me two minutes. I'm ripping. I want to talk. I don't want to talk. I want to have fun. So I went from, and at that, I, because I was talking so much, which is something I don't do. You know, you got me shy on this. Yeah. Um, they basically up a deck. I had him. I talked to Richard. I talked to Ann Paula Don Ross was another one. Ann was a sweetheart. She owned the company, which absolute sweetheart. And these guys would send me little bonuses for, I'd get a phone call once in a while from a person up a deck or wherever and ask me questions about the cards that I was opening, what I thought of them, which I don't have a problem. You want to talk cards? I'll talk cards hours upon hours with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Upper Deck came out with the Diamond Club. Now, the Diamond Club was high-end guys who opened. Everybody thinks, oh, you got to spend billions upon billions of dollars. I knew guys in it who were just fun collectors who weren't spending a lot of money. But then again, there were guys who were spending ridiculous upon ridiculous amounts. Were you um, one of these guys that was spending a lot of money on the on wax product? Like, I mean, were you, were you, where did, would you have ranked yourself amongst the, uh, the Diamond Club members? Like, were you spending the most or no? You know, what percentile uh, were you in for spending? Where, where do you think you were? I'd say it was like 15%, 20%, somewhere right in that area. There were guys insane. Back then, basketball, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Everybody was at, you know, it was the Jordan card that has been selling for hundreds of thousand dollars. The autograph one out of 23 with a little jersey swipe. I think it was 99. Off the top of my head, I think it was a 99 card. No, it couldn't have been. Yeah, it might have been a 99 card. Okay. You know the card I'm talking about. So so listen, what, what happens at the Diamond Club? Because, I mean, I remember back in 2009, I actually got to go to the Diamond Club event as a special guest. And you were there. That's where we met. It was 2009. That is actually where we met, yes. That's where we met. We met. It was in California. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, I mean, you've been to a bunch of Diamond Club events, so I don't know if you remember the details of all of them. I can tell you about any one of them. I, I thought really. it was an amazing experience. I thought it was a, it was an amazing event that Upper Deck put on. They they had us, you know, they they it was a bit <laughs> of wine and dining. We got to meet athletes. We got to meet Tony Romo. Uh, Rod Carew was there. Uh, we oh, got to see, huh? Remember that museum in, oh, in Los Angeles that we went to? That this guy insane. had. A babe, a full Babe Ruth uniform. He had everything. It was a, it was probably twenty thousand square feet of of museum. It was one of the coolest places I've ever been. And Upper Deck took yeah. us there, and Tony Romo 
emceed oh, yeah. the evening. It was a wonderful event. Were there lots of events like that over the years with uh, with Upper Deck? And like, who are some of the athletes that they brought out to to introduce to the to the collectors? Upper Deck has always had an amazing event with every Diamond Club. I mean, it's usually a, a decent restaurant or a nice restaurant, but it's just more than that. It's the it's the guys getting together. I mean, Billy in Tennessee. I can name guys throughout the U.S. who are, were absolutely nuts. Joey, Joey, my buddy out in Hawaii, is probably the biggest basketball collector that I know. He's a Jordan. Oh my God! For what everybody in hockey has, he probably hasn't Jordan. But so he's uh, doing really well right now because I don't know if you're aware, but Jordan oh, yeah. skyrocketed in the last month. It's yeah. uh, it's a little with this document with the last dance. It's been out now. There's been the first four episodes. That's what's going on. But who else have you got to meet at Upper Deck event at the Diamond Club event? So you mentioned LeBron James. I mentioned Tony Romo. Who else have you got to meet? Well, let's throw Romo for a second because I got to give you a laugh. You know, we each got a autograph photo of us with the Romo. Actually, uh, my my autograph photo of Romo is. <clears throat> there. I don't know if people can see, but that's me and him. Uh right there. Up, up, there. up. There it is. Right there. That's that's me in the white shirt, and that's Tony Romo. That was awesome. They he autographed it. We got to pick him up after. It's really cool. Tell us your story about Tony Romo. Tony was signing for everybody, you know, and he was signing his name, just signing his name. And I don't like when an athlete just signs his name. If I'm in person with him, I'll always have a man thing. So I, wrote, I asked him to write, you know, too rich, go J-E-T-S, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And he looked at me, he goes, I played for the Cowboys. I said, yeah, I don't care. Um, so he ended up looking at me like I was nuts. And I think I was the only one who knew his middle name was Romano. Oh. Or, so I had him sign that on it. And, of course, he wrote D-A-L-L-A-S, which he spelled Dallas wrong. That's still my laugh to this day on the autograph photo. But uh, Romo was a great guy. As you mentioned, Rod Carew. Um, the best one experience I had was there was, they never tell us who the guest is. So it's a great surprise. Um, Gordy Howe, amazing gentleman. And every photo, um, I don't even know where my photo is, but he would do a different pose with each guy. Mm-hmm. So I, everybody tells me I have an accent, but I don't have the accent. You guys have the accent. All right. Uh, you know, I've been saying that line forever. Yeah. But uh, my photo with Gordy Howe is he's throwing his elbow at my head. So I, you know, and Gordy actually talked to each one of us. There were probably 100 guys in the room, and we were all, the Diamond Club originally was like 120, 130 guys, which everybody always thought it was like a private 10 or 15 guys. No. And we, there was always somebody, like you were a special, you know, invite there were always special invites. So there was a way to get into these things that everybody's like, oh, I got to go spend a million dollars to get into this event. No, that's not true. At the National, they were giving out, you know, um, special invite passes, which that was Panini with the VIP club and Leaf with the VIP club. They all had their own clubs. But to me, Upper Deck was the best because it was just, it was a group of guys like myself yeah. that were, you know, like you, you and I. Yeah. No, you know, I, I I noticed that. I noticed that in 09 when I met you there. It was a great group of guys. We all, we hung out. We we ate together. I mean, this wasn't just a one dinner event. We got to go to the, we got to go to the PSA uh, headquarters in California and see the yeah. inside and the different areas receiving and grading and the vault and all this stuff. That was really, that was really cool. Really nice to see some of that. Um, you know, 
but it was the guys that, that really made the event and made some good friends. You're the probably the only guy I still speak to from there, and you become a, you become a good friend of mine. I, I, I love that about it. And you know, it kind of takes me into the next thing I want to I want you to get into a little bit. Rich is let me let me just throw one more thing about the initial Diamond sure. Club. I mean, we had uh, Drew Brees for a guest. You want to meet probably the nicest sport athlete I've ever met in my life. Absolutely, Drew Brees. Guy was came to each table, sat down. There were like 40 or 50 of us in a room. And the original guest was supposed to be um, Reggie. I can't even remember. He also was going to play for the Saints. He was the hot card. He was the number one draft pick and everything like that. Um, but Drew Brees, I mean, next to Mantle, you know, hanging out with Mantle that time in my life was Drew Brees absolutely shocked me to death. Yeah, you know, and I, I just saw him on Und- Undercover Boss. Actually, he he was really? on an episode of that. He owns a seafood chain of seafood restaurants in the U.S. And he was on, and you could tell he's just a real, real good guy. All right, let's move on now. I want to talk about. I want to talk about what brought you up to Canada to start coming to the Toronto Expo. I think I had a bit to do with that. You might have. You know that. I just want. I want to hear your perspective on uh, on on the the hobby in Canada. The Toronto, you know, it is. This weekend coming up would have been Sports Card Expo, and we would have been hanging out. We would have been having dinner tomorrow night, right? I would have actually been driving up there right now. Right. As now. all you guys know, I don't like to fly. Well, I don't mind yeah. flying, but um, I do enjoy the drive up. So it usually takes me twelve hours to get up there from Long Island. But it, I look forward to it every year, and I'm actually missing it this year. Um, just the guys we get together, we we laugh, we drink. Um, you know, and we're idiots. We talk nothing but, oh my God, did you see what this McDavid's going for? Did you see what this, all the current stuff I find out instantly what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you, when you first started coming up, were you coming up to look for cards? Were you coming up to sell cards? What were you doing when you were coming up there? All right. Before, when I first came up there, I never sold a card in my life. Every card I pulled, I owned, and I still own a major percentage of them. Um, I came up there actually for a Diamond Club event. They had it in Toronto. We went to a Toronto Raptors basketball game in a private suite. Uh, it was really a fun time because, once again, it was only like 25 or 30 of the Diamond Club members showed up. Most of the Diamond Club members were into basketball and baseball. I asked because Tops got me so mad, and Upper Deck was now doing baseball. So I went real heavily on baseball for Upper Deck. Then I found out my dealer actually ran out of baseball products. So I started open hockey and I opened hockey. Oh my God, did I open hockey? <laughs> and it was fun in the upper deck. Um, to give you an idea with the, why in Canada, the Diamond Club event, why I came up there, we sat around a table like 20 of us and we opened a couple of wax boxes. And here you are. Meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, wait, if he pulls that card, I want that card. I don't know how I'm going to get it off of him, but I want that card. So I came up there for a Diamond Club event, and they took us to the expo. Um, and here I am walking around with, as you guys always say, and I still get to laugh, all the card geeks, which I don't consider myself a geek. The cardboard I nerd. Consider myself nerd. Yeah, all right. Um, so all of a sudden, I'm at the expo, and I can find Trotch. I can find Boss. I can find Gilly. Cards that I've been looking for. And the Canadian dollar was not as strong as the U.S. dollar. And I found out, I still remember the guy who I purchased it off of. I gave him U.S. dollars thinking, you know, I think the first one I bought was a Tri-A 101, um, something or another. 
And I gave him U.S. dollars, and he looked at me. He goes, well, I can't give you back the change. I said, change. I said, the card says 150 200 whatever it was. And I gave him 150 to it. And then I started thinking about the currency exchange, which I didn't ever even really thought about. But uh, And then I got to talk to some of the dealers, and you hit me up one year and said, Let, well, bring me up a stack of cards. I said, what do you mean bring you up a stack of cards? Cards that you don't look, as you put it to me, cards I haven't looked at in five or six years. And you were, honestly, you were the first one to ever buy a card from me. I you really were. You, you, I, I broke your cherry. Hey, I remember also buying cards from you at the National one year. That was probably later. That was probably in the early 2010, 2011 or so. Um, yeah, that was later. That was later. You had already been coming up to Expo at that point in time. Um, so you started coming up up to expo remember? oh god it was that year that one year the first year um that we went to the toronto rapid game i would say maybe it was 2010 2009 somewhere right around there in that time but uh yeah. and, and you were, kind of, you were I, floating around the show you were out talking looking at looking to buy cards just hanging out with the fellas meeting people you know being missed being the mayor of canada from new york what <laughs> When did you first set up? I remember I remember you first set up with a couple of guys, a guy by the name of Ryan Bogosian, another guy by the name of Rob Dejanar, I believe is his last name. How did you yeah. and now yeah, I would at recent at recent expos, you're actually setting up at that six-way booth by by the back door with a bunch of you know expo veterans, Steve Angel, Frankie Stain, Steve Beak, uh, Mel. I mean, you Josh, you've been setting up with Norm, all these guys, uh year after year now how, how do you enjoy that and how, how do you enjoy being a, a vendor that people come to the show and they're kind of seeking you out to see what what you're gonna have to say um i have a great time uh you guys have all become really really good friends you know you and i are always close and you and i always laugh um rod and vic are another two you can't forget thumbs up all right rodney thumbs up and mr potato vic but uh it's just a good time I I was at the point where, I mean, to me, the expo, we're all kids. Yeah. And I started the program actually at the expo where if a kid shows me his report card and he's got, you know, A's and B's, I gave him something. I wasn't after, oh, God, I got I to gotta sell this card. I have to sell this card. I got to make a table. I got to – I didn't care about that. And if you know me, you knew I was walking the floor more than anything – um, the guys were taking care of the booth, coming back and handing me money. Oh, I sold this card for you. All right, what'd you get for it? Yeah, whatever. But um, if there was a card out on the floor, I wanted it. Yeah, especially you know, I loved the dirty patches, as you said. And, um, you might remember. Let's show you. Like this is one of the dirtiest patches. I very nice. You know, this is the one you followed, but then I had to go and get the other one too. One's a Lee and one's a Barzy, uh, and then you know. I actually bought this at Expo. That's a beautiful. Which was the, this was the actual card that was used on the display, the info. Um, but let's go back for two seconds. You asked me about I am before, before you do that, I just want to mention to the people watching, guys, um, if you if you're making comments and you want them on, you want me to put them on the screen, I'm happy to do it, but you gotta go to the streamyard.com slash Facebook and click the blue button. I see a lot of a lot of comments coming on. I don't know who it is, so I'm not going to put them on. 
But if you can go there, um, I'll put the banner back on the bottom right there, guys. Get your questions on screen. Go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook. Please click the big blue button, and we will happily bring your comments and questions on screen, okay? Thank you. Sorry for the interruption. Richie, back to you. Where were we? Um, let's go back to the Diamond Club, all right? The Diamond Club, as I said, it was a bunch of card nuts. We all got together. We all had fun. And Alpha Deck would give us bonuses. Um, I've got a couple that I'll show you. Uh, I have problems, right? Like, this is the Bobby Orr. Now, this year, they did three. They did the Orr, the Crosby, which, there we go, and the Ovechkin, which I have around here, which I'm not going to go nuts looking for. Um, but this, you know, guys would look. There's a Gretzky. And they didn't just stick it to one sport. Now they stuck it to a few sports. So would you, Rich? Would you have gotten all three of those cards at the same Diamond Club? And did everybody get those same cards at the same Diamond Club? Everybody got one card. Now there were Diamond Club guys who were there for. Let me turn around and make a quick dollar on a card. So I knew who they were, and I bought the cards directly off them at before we left the event. Which some of them I paid too much for, but I don't care. In fact, um, you and I were in an event, and I know you have this card. I do. I brought, I brought mine out, too. I've got a copy of that, too. You know, I was the first one to get him to sign one-on-one, but then all of a sudden people online heard me asking for it. Uh, this is Richard McWilliams' signature. So and if you look at the yeah, card, he, it's really... You know, he signed to me. That is supposed to say to Jeremy, Richard McWilliam, but he wasn't, uh, I think he was, he wasn't, might have been ill or something, so he, he didn't sign it too well, but Still a cool thing. Now that he's passed away, a pretty cool piece of hobby history where they have a, you know, the card is is really something that I think they only gave away to to guests in that, and it's a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey card. So yes. yeah, we, we share that in common. I also still have the the this is from the 2007, the 2007 National Room Key Derek Jeter. I think you oh, gave this card actually several years I ago. You room keys. Now people ask me what's a collectible. Oh yeah, the Jeter key. Yeah, that's the yeah. We both have a copy. Let's see. You showed me another one the other day. Uh, this is the Yankee key. I think it's a Ruth Garrick. I can't see really Dimaggio, and it looks a mantle. Oh, I got all four cards. But uh, a couple of years ago in Baltimore, Ooh. here's McDavid. Now somebody told me this is considered a McDavid rookie. Really? You consider a rookie a rookie? Come on. I don't think so. But it's definitely a cool McDavid oddball card that looks really nice. So. Doesn't matter yeah. if you're or not. That's just a cool card to have. Um, but then let me at the nationals. I mean, you can go with any event. It's a national, the expo. Um, something Upper Deck does at the expo, which I think is really cool. All the retired, you know, expired redemptions. They yeah. take them. You write your name on the back, and you get some nice stuff. Yeah. You. I mean, I got some guy. Still can't pronounce his name. Crosby. I don't know. That was good. You nailed it. Yeah. Did I get it for once? You nailed it. And it's to give you an idea what I'm like. Um, Johnny was Johnny T, who I lo- I like Johnny T. I don't like the way he left the island before everybody starts, especially in meat. Yeah. Uh, I love you, meat. Um, but they would give away some nice stuff in the redemptions. I actually took the Crosby and I traded it for a Tavares. Now, who else would do that other than me? Nobody. Would you have done it? No, I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, so speaking of what Upper Deck does at Expo, so Saturday night, joining me on the show is going to be Chris Carlin. 
senior manager of customer experience at Upper Deck, and I'm hoping he'll talk a little bit about what they what they do, what, what Upper Deck's approach to Expo is, and what their approach is now that it's not happening this weekend. And um, also, of course, right. if you haven't heard yet, I'm sure most of you have. Steve Menzi, the owner of the Expo, will also be on with me Saturday. That's a cool Young Guns jersey. So what what's the story behind this thing? How did you get that jersey? And whose autograph is that? I don't recognize it. You're mentioning Mr. Oh, that's Chris Harlan's autograph. <laughs> All right. I said to Chris for a joke, I want the shirt he was wearing. So this was the shirt he was wearing at one of the expos. And he looked at me like, you want what? I said, yeah, give me one of your shirts. And I had him autograph it. Let's see if I can actually. And if you look, I had him put one-on-one. And to this day, he tells me it's the only jersey he ever had. And then, you know, up in deck, my girl, Diane, who I call Lady Kapu. Guys, let me tell you, I thought I knew hockey. If you guys, Jeremy, I don't think you can even compete against Diane. Diane knows her hockey, and this is her jersey that she wore because I told her I had Chris's, and it says, to my favorite New Yorker. Yeah. And, of course, Diane 101, I love, you know, but – you go there and you meet these people. These are the people in the industry you want to talk to. And you're just going to go over to their table and they're hanging out. They'll talk to you. Chris and I can talk for hours. I love Chris. I've known Chris for years. Um, but the upper deck will give packets away if you open a box. And those packs, you can – I mean, I've seen Crosby's. You've seen them as good as I have. These guys are pulling some great cards. But uh, they do it at the National. Everybody does it at the National. And – um getting back, you know, they're all giveaways. Like this was actually Ann Powell when I was out in Hawaii. She and I had a conversation. She found out I was a Yankee fan. Well, being from New York, you have to be a Yankee fan or you're not a fan of baseball. And that's not true. We got the Mets. But um, all of a sudden you're talking to these people. You know who you collect and what you like. And this was the first card that was ever sent to me. And it is the one-on-one. Um, it is a one-on-one. I don't know. You got it there? Yeah, it's good. And yeah, she told me the story about this card, how, how it was made for her, and she thought I would enjoy it more. But that's what these people are like. They're really – they're down to earth. They'll talk to you. If they don't talk to you, tell me. I'll come over. I'll beat them up. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay. you know, and – you know, I can show you guys cards all night. Well, listen, show you us know, some. We've had a request, Rich. Put the baseball away. Let's see some. Uh, let's Why? See some I love prime colors. Let's see some nice Islanders pieces. That's what that's what people are asking for right now. Let's see some of that. Well, let's see all some right. of these. And uh, and then I want you to think about a little bit too. Like you know, you've got you've been around a long time, and I, I want I yeah, want I'm people old. to get an idea. I want people to get an idea of sort of some of the other people that you've known in the hobby, like. You mentioned Ann Powell, who was the owner of Don Ross. I believe that company changed hands a few times right. over the years. So she probably got, she was probably early on before I think General Mills bought them or something like that way back in the day. Panini, an Italian later on. Panini bought them yes, later on. Don Ross was around from the 50s is, is my understanding. I did a little, a little Google search earlier uh, last night, actually. So looked into it a little bit. But, you know, who else... Who else have you known along the way? Have you known the, and have you known any of the people at Tops? Have you did you know, you know, aside from being at the uh, the, the Diamond Club, did you know Richard McWilliam, the the founder of Upper Deck? I met Richard once or twice before that, and uh, 
Richard's first card actually is a softball card, which he, of course, I had to have him autograph, and he thought I was nuts when I asked him for his autograph. I have a card of every single owner of the sports companies autographed. If you go to the expo, Brian Gray will sign it. He's got a personal card, and he signed a card to me to the number one, the crazy, says like to the craziest collector I've ever met, something like that. But sure, but go back. I don't in think time. I'm that crazy. Go back, yeah, go back to like the guy, like, talk, like right? the companies that were around in the eighties. Like, did you know, who did you know at tops? Tops has been around since the fifties. Did you know, did you know anyone at tops? Did you know, I mean, you mentioned Don Ross, like take us back. Um, first actual first executive I've ever made, met was tops. It was clay. Uh, clay, clay. Yeah. He watched me. He was in a store. I didn't know who he was, but he, we, we were in a card shop together in the city, New York city, which is the real city. I had to throw that in. Sorry. No, I'm not. But uh, Clay watched me. Clay watched me rip, and afterwards we had a conversation. He was like the first guy. You walked into a hobby shop back then. It was like walking into a store, you know, a clothing store. They didn't. They were after the money. But all of a sudden, Clay and I are talking, and I don't know who this guy is. And we just picked up and we talked and we hit it off and we kept talking and talking. You know, something New Yorkers do. Except when we're going to work, that our head is down, and you tourists are asking us, "Oh, could you tell me where the statue will?" Yeah, go to the water over there. But uh, Clay was a good buddy of mine. Um, I had a fight with Tom's, which, if you want to get into, I don't have a problem. It was over, actually, a card, which uh, uh, you know what? Let's get into the drama of of a fight. But I just we don't need to get into the drama, Rich. I just want to get I just want people to get an understanding of kind of your history and who you knew along the way, and you know, because. So you do. You're someone who has experience. You're someone who's been intimate in the hobby for quite some time, and that's more what I, what I'm interested in. I I can't speak for everybody else, but it's kind of the stuff I want to hear about. Well, if you know me, you got to cut me off because I'll drag on at something forever, and you know that as good as I do. All right, because I can. Um, I started going to the nationals. I started going to locals. You know, back then stores were popping up left and right. I mean, I remember they were close to. 30 or 40 on the island alone. Now I can think of three, and that's Long Island, which is in New York. Uh, anything above Westchester, we gave to Canada because that's not New York. Um, but you started going to these shows, and all of a sudden the East Coast National shows up. And the East Coast National was in White Plains. Another, a lot of people know it as the White Plains show, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. But all of a sudden there's people there with cards and the sports memorabilia, the jerseys, the bats. I mean, I bought some stuff. You guys would laugh at the prices I bought them at. Um, I've given stuff away, which I don't have a problem doing to somebody who I've known for years. You know me. You are a generous guy. I can definitely speak to that. But uh, all of a sudden, there were people out there other than me that I found collecting. And I went, as I said, from baseball to hockey. And I started collecting this one young guy in hockey called Tavares. He was drafted by my team, the New York Islanders, and I'm probably the only New York Islander fan out there, I'm starting to think. I don't know about that, but okay. Well, I'm from Long Island, and to give you an idea, all right, I'm going to show you two cards now, if I can do the camera here. Let's go above the screen. Oh, those are beauties. Those are beautiful cards. All right. Upper deck did two cards where the tickets actually said the goals. One is a hat trick, and one says one goal. I'm over it with my finger. I know you told me about that. All right. These are the only two that have the goals inscription. Somebody told me there's a third. If there is, 
Let me know. Yeah. I'll get it. I'll end up with it. You know as good as I do if I want to card. Look at this comment, um, Rich. Lars says he's a huge Tavares fan, but a piece of him died the day he signed with the Leafs. Why don't you t- take us back to that day, Rich? Take us back to that day. Piece of you died more than a piece of me died. Oh my God. Um, I live on Long Island. I love my islanders. I'm a huge Islander fan. I love going to the games. That's more fun than anything for me. Even though I can't even leave the house to do anything right now. And hockey, the islanders right now, I think I think they're winning the cup, aren't they? They won the cup this year. Okay. But yeah. Um, but Tavares came on prior to anything, you know. The Islanders were like, well, we're going to trade him. And we had a deal with Tampa Bay, from what I understand, was in a lock for some draft choices. First, I think it was two number ones and two number twos for Tavares. And Tavares came on Channel 7 News, which is Eyewitness News here in New York. I don't know where. And he says, I don't want to leave the island. I'm going to re-sign with the Islanders. I want to stay on the island. I want to end my career. You guys have all heard him saying, don't tell me you didn't. I'm going to spend my life with one team. A lot of the players say that. But Tavares, I really felt it. And during that summer, all of a sudden, we're waiting for Tavares to sign with the Islanders, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, Tavares has just signed with Toronto. And here's a guy saying he's going to sign with the Islanders, who we all loved. Tavares, he's a great hockey player. I, I do admire the way he plays hockey. But I think he went to Toronto expecting a cup with all the young guys they have up there. And all of a sudden, the Islanders did very well. And I had a lot of fun with the Chen. You know, we don't need you and everything like that. You heard everybody says that the Coliseum had nasty, nasty chants about him when he came back and played. I was there. They weren't all nasty. Okay. How do I feel about DiPietro? I just saw that one on the screen. If you don't yeah, mind. I, I, meant to put, I meant to put this one up first, but I I, 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 I <clears> that <throat> DiPietro question by mistake. So speak to DiPietro. Ricky D played 31 games for the Islanders. Um, I think he averaged. Aren't they still paying him? Oh, yeah, we're still paying him. I think he averaged, what, $3 million a game? They gave him $115, $120 million? I don't remember exactly. A ridiculous amount of. Back then, the Islanders drafted goalies, Luongo, and you know you can name them better than I can. Um, who do we keep? Boston University's Rick DiPietro. First round, supposed to be the superstar and everything. I mean, I've met the guy. He's a nice guy, so I'm not going to knock him because he is a very nice guy and he does a lot with charity work. Um, but didn't didn't the Islanders trade away Luongo to the Panthers for the pick to pick Di Pietro? That's exactly right. Yeah. Oof. Bad, oh, yeah. Move. bad move. So listen, okay, let's find that other one. Um, Wait, you want to see some more Tavares stuff? Is that what you're telling me? You can always show us some Tavares stuff, Richie. Always show right. us some, some Tavares stuff. You guys, that's the prime size. Very cool. Um, this is actually a cool piece. If you know me, you've seen this in my display cases. Panini or Don Ross or whoever it was at the time, I pulled uh, this card over here at one of the Nationals. And one of the guys said, wouldn't it be a joke if you actually can put all four of them together? And I made him a bet. I'm not going to say what the bet was for. But uh, I never got paid on that now that I'm thinking about it. So I put that together, and then I had more fun. You know, and that's how crazy and insane I was with Tavares. But what I do now is I'll flip it around, and it's Trottier, 19. But you and I had the joke about that. But Tavares, I 
must have, and no exaggeration, probably close to a thousand of his autographs on cards. Yeah. At least a thousand. I went after some really, really insane cards that I knew were out there. Um, How did but, Rich tell, tell people like, what was the feeling when he was gone? Was it betrayal? Oh, was totally. it sadness? What was the feeling when he went when when you found out he wasn't coming back? I mean, this guy was this guy was supposed to be there for his career. This guy was an exceptional hockey player, first draft pick overall, that was supposed to turn the Islanders around, take them back to the glory days of the early 80s. What was it like for a true Islander fan the day he left? Like express it. There you go. Johnny, don't leave. Johnny, yeah. where you going? John, you don't like us anymore. Come on, we'll bring you some cannolis. <laughs> we got good cannolis. Buddy. I don't care what you say. Um, that was also another. Were you at? Were you when, at the first game? Were you at the first game when he came back to to the oh, Islander, oh, the, yeah. Nassau Coliseum, or wherever they were playing then? It was actually at the Coliseum, which the Islanders did the stupidest thing in the world, which I can't believe still to this day. They went to the Barclays Center. Now the Barclays Center is in Brooklyn. The Coliseum was in the middle of middle of the island in Nassau County, which was our home. Because once you went into Brooklyn and Queens, you were a Ranger fan, and we hate the Rangers. We're island of country, but uh, they took it to the Barclays Center, which was made for basketball and concerts. the uh, The entire setup of the hockey arena was wrong. The scoreboard wasn't even on center ice. It was over one of the blue lines, so it was a terrible place and. The ice was melting. The ice was terrible from what I heard. Um, but when it came back to the barn, to the Coliseum, now we're all relieving our youths going back and our memories from the Coliseum. My memory from the Coliseum is Tonelli, to Nystrom. Islanders win the cup. Yeah. So, um, Were you at the game when, when Tavares first came back and played against the Islanders in New York? Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely a fun game to be to. And was, was that the game? Was that the we don't need you game? That was the We Don't Need You and uh, Pajama Boy, and there were a few others. I mean, what what were your feelings towards Tavares that day at that game? Like, were were you, were you hating? Were you sad? Like, what 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 were those feelings like? I had mixed emotions because uh, between the first and the second period, they did a uh, up on a jumbo board, which they did a tribute to, to Tavares, and John came out and he raised his stick, but everybody was booing because everybody was so mad, you yeah. know. You say you're going to do something, do it. That's what the way I've always felt. Um, but Tavares left the island not the way he should have. If he would have said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sign with Toronto, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But yeah. he came on a national TV show, and, you know, Eyewitness News, and said, I'm coming back. I'm playing with the Islanders. And then to find out in the summer on a summer night, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, Tavares didn't sign with us. He went to Toronto. And I believe we offered him more money. I think the Ducks offered or somebody in Los Angeles or one of the California teams offered more money than the Islanders did. But the Islanders offered him more money than Toronto. He wanted to go home. He wanted to go home. If he said, I want to go home and play hockey in Toronto, I wouldn't have had a problem. So here, here's, a here's a comment from Sam. He says, you know, no offense, Rich, and I don't think I don't think you would take offense, but Islanders organization, organization was a mess, traveling, you know, between home arenas and losing Tavares. Well, how much? How much of him leaving do you attribute to the, the 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 front office of the Islanders versus you know him wanting to go home? Was, was there any of that too? And he kind of used "I want to go home" as an excuse, or was he was he disenchanted with the way the team was being run? 
Uh, you'd have to ask him that, but my my view, um, I think he was, you know, they kept promising him that this guy, we're going to draft, we're going to draft, we're going to trade, we're going to trade. The Allens never did. They didn't have the money that, you know, a Bruins or a Ranger team, Rangers don't even have to play hockey and they make money. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, but Tavares, hell of a player, really. I wish he was back on the island in a way. But uh, we have a nice young crop right now, led by Barzi. But to Farris, everybody was mad the way he left. Of course, of course. That's the whole reason, you know, I started a lot of fights, so-called. Um, Online fights. Huh? Online fights. Yeah. Because I don't fight. I have other people do that for me. But, you, uh, just, just, just you and a meat fight at Expo. That's about it. Going to change course completely here. Mike, who's a guy you know, he has uh, Eastridge Sports here in Calgary. He wants to know, he wants to see some Thurman Munson. I know you're a big Munson fan too. Mike, can, is, you, can you show us Mike, anything Thurman Munson? How about a cut I pulled? I know Mike. Oh, wow. Very cool. That there you go, Mike. Johnny Mize is on the other side. What makes you think I have Munson? Mikey, you know oh, Thurman, Thurman you, and Mike, you and Mike must you might you and Mike must know each other, had some conversations. Oh, he wants to see some Thurman. So oh, yeah, I've known Mike for years. Mike's a great guy. Here, Richard Mike. wants to know, do you have any cool Clark Gillies pieces? Um in front of me? No, not right in front of me, but I do have some sick. I got regular I got a reg, I got game worn jerseys and a couple game worn stick game worn, game used sticks. Uh I got a pair of his gloves, I got a pair of his skates. Um Gillies is from my hometown, and I've known him for God, great, great gentleman. Um, he's a Canadian by trade, so that's why he can drink beer and I can't. Um, I played golf with him one day, and he I think he did a case of beer. And I think I might <laughs> have had one. And he walked straighter than I did. Um, but, cool. Uh, Here, listen, next question, Richie. Will there ever be another coach in the NHL like Al Arbor? Any ever. memories you have of Al Arbor? I met Arbor once. Um, it was at the Islanders ticket holders, and he was there. And very, very quiet guy. But you asked him a question. You asked him something bizarre about the Islanders. He knew it. He was a genius the way he ran that club, in my mind. He had, you know, Dennis Potvin. He had, he had such a group of young kids. As Well, they were old to me back then because it's finally somebody older than me playing hockey. But uh, – the Trotch, the Chico Rush, the Nystroms, the Bobby Bones, the Gillies, the Billy Smith, who didn't trip Gretzky. I don't care what anybody says. He never tripped Gretzky. <laughs> uh, speaking of Gretzky, i got to show you two. Um, but Gillies, oh, and yet, I pulled this. It's an uh, exquisite autograph, on-card autograph out of 10, it looked like. Um, I love that next card. Don't show me that. I want. I want to buy that card from you. That you're not getting card. it. Um, Gretzky was out of 15, I believe. I don't know. I, you know, let's see that, let's see that next piece you were just showing. Yo, that is one sexy card right there. I did pull this. I love this card. You're gonna sell me the card. You are going yeah, to sell me. No, we're gonna trade. You're gonna come up with something good. You're not gonna try and sell hypnotize me, me right? Hey, look, it's your old um, friend, Richie. Your old friend, Ryan, wants to see some crazy Yankee stuff. Thanks, Ryan. Doing our best here. Appreciate the boy, comment. Where you been? Where, where you have been? you been, Ryan? Where have you been? <clears throat> I miss you, brother. I really do miss you. 
Here, Richie. Um, Tim's asking if you have your Mel Hots handy. I don't have my Mel Hots handy with me, but I do have a few Mel Hots. How do you guys know I have all this stuff? You stalk you talk, you talk and then you don't remember that you talked. Moi? I don't know how to. Uh, Ryan, we got to get together. We got to get together. I don't care. Next time I come up to Canada, we are getting together. I'll even buy you dinner, and I got witnesses that I'll buy you dinner. Um, we just got to get Expo again. Yeah, we'll go to that. What's that? That chain up there, the steak chain. We always go to the keg. The we'll keg. go to the keg. I'm not going there. Exactly. Uh, Yankee stuff. Somebody asked me for Yankee before. This is my card that started my fight with Tops. So quickly, very quickly, Rich, give us the Coles notes. What what is the problem with that card? I'm going to show you a picture. If you give me three seconds, in fact, I'll show you two pictures on my phone. This is the original card I pulled. All right, there we go. Uh, of course, when I wanted to turn sideways, it won't turn sideways. No. All right. Regardless, I'll have everybody turn their head. I don't have a problem with you guys turning your head. As you can see, that is not an actual autograph. That is from the brochure of the Mickey Mantle Field of Dreams he had down in Florida. And I pulled in. And I knew it wasn't because I had the brochure. And so I called Tops. I says, I got a problem with the card. Um, it's not the real card. You don't know the hobby. You don't know what you're talking about. It's basically what they told me. Um, I threatened to assume. And somebody finally called me back after probably 50, 60 phone calls because I was really getting mad. Um, nobody was calling me back. And they actually sent me back. The first one I got back was damaged. It had a slash through. Yeah, I, got, I can't get used to doing this camera thing. Sorry, I had Sorry just so we understand, just, just so we understand, the problem was you pulled what was supposed to be a one-of-one one cut of a deceased yes. Hall of Famer, Mickey Mantle. Instead, My, the card was a promo uh, from a promo piece that was mistakenly inserted. You pulled it. You phoned them up. You said, hey, I got the wrong. This is not the true autograph. They just weren't hearing of it at the time for whatever reason. You threatened legal action. They sent you a replacement, and that's the card you just showed us. Is that the story in a nutshell? In a nutshell, that's the story. And we'll hey guys, that's the difference between Richie from New York and Jeremy from Calgary. Richie from New York can tell you a story that could, wow. take, that could take 15 seconds, but he'll make it take eh, 15 minutes. But, Richie, this is why we love you. This is why we love you, man. And Jeremy, this, is why, this is why you're the mayor of Canada. All right, when you're telling your kids bedtime stories, do they fall asleep instantly? No. So you tell them a quick little story, and they go, Dad, I'm still awake. I can tell them a story, and they're out for days. Um, <laughs> uh, here's another one. Let's do um, – I'm a Springsteen fan, and I found this, which is an actual piece of his shirt. I never saw it. I bought it. I don't know. Probably an expo or a national or something. But then this card came across. And Jeremy, you were actually with me when I bought this card. This is the only yeah. spring signature I've ever owned uh, on a card. Um, and my favorite of all, I don't care. You can have the roots. You can have everything else. But there is nobody better to collect than this guy. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and his signatures, I still to this day feel there. I have been hoarding them. So if you guys have them out there, either I'll take them or you better hide them. But Very nice. it's been fun to me. I love ripping. You know that. Yeah. But I've met 
the reason I come up to Expo is to hang out with the guys. We go for dinner that Thursday night, which we're supposed to be there tomorrow night. So, you know, in a way, I I really miss. And all of a sudden, you're a kid again. You know as good as I do. You feel like you're 12 years old. You do. It's it's my favorite week. It's my favorite two weekends of the year expo. You know, and that's why this this weekend coming up, it's it's super sad for all of us. I mean, all these guys that are making comments in in, in the room right now, yourself, myself. I mean. I've kind of vowed to never miss an expo and you know, then you have a kid or two and you may have to retract or augment that vow. But like, you know, to me it's, it's, it is, it's my two favorite weekends of the year. I get to play with cards, which are my favorite things. I get to see all the whole crew. I mean, there's so many good people in the hobby. We meet, we make great friends and then you get to continue to be in touch online and, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or message boards, um, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. Like it's just, it's really so much fun. And, you know, what got me started doing this show was the fact that there wasn't going to be an expo. We're all holed up at home right now. We can't do much. And so it'd be, it's nice to, to talk to people, have interaction and just really have some content to consume uh, hobby wise. And, you know, that's why Saturday night. So this weekend I planned the big, the expo tribute weekend, right? Saturday night, the owner of expo, Steve Menzies is going to join me here. Instead of being two people on screen, we're going to have three. We're going to have myself, Steve Menzi, and Chris Carlin from Upper Deck. It's going to be awesome. The next day, the Sports Cards Live, first ever showcase. We're going to have about 10 of my favorite expo dealers on the I'm screen. I'm not on screen at once, but we're going to be having guys on screen, showing cards, talking about cards, cards that are that would have been at expo, that will be at the next expo, and cards that are available for people to uh, inquire about. So. Everyone, come back and watch on Friday, on Saturday and Sunday. Those are going to be two awesome days. A lot of planning involved, so um, really hope you all enjoy that. Here, here, Richie, here's a question from Brett. When you go to the expo, do you have a game plan or you just throw caution to the wind? I think what he's asking is, do you are you looking for certain cards? Are are, are you coming with a with a want list, or are you just kind of looking for cards to catch your eye? Um, the only one list I have, I'll never find that they expose my own nine cuts. But other than that, whatever catches my eye, really, whatever catches my eye. And there's not much catching my eye lately. That's the problem. Um, you need to widen your horizon. I, yeah, I'm an Islander fan. Okay, we don't have much. Fair uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, Jay-Z, Jay-Z says Thursday Toronto or his favorite part of the expo where we go to dinner. There's a whole crew of us. We go to dinner at Jack Astor's now. It used to be Lone Star. We hang out. It's one of my favorite parts too, but I will say I certainly love being at expo itself and doing deals, buying and selling set up at my booth. There's nothing like it. I love, I love the, the negotiations and uh, the ability, the, the, the possibility that you never know what's going to come. I mean, Richie, you've been set up at expo now for several years too. And at the national, I don't even know how long. You never know what cards are going to come to your booth. And now because you're set up as a vendor, you have the opportunity to buy those cards if you're lucky enough that they come by your booth. And often they do. I mean, every vendor at Expo has awesome buys throughout the show. Um, I mean, it, it's, one the best. it's one of the coolest parts of it. Here's a question, Richie. Wants to know, will you add any Tavares cards uh, where he's pictures, pictured as a Toronto Maple Leaf? I don't I already have. Know. I already have. You have? Um, I have. Yeah, I have uh, two or three. I like the jersey. I hate the Toronto jersey. It's boring in my eyes. At least it shows where I live on my jersey. You know, I can turn around and say, 
Yeah, people at the expo, where are you from? And all I do is point because I'm tired of telling, you know, you can't figure out I have a New York accent. I don't know. Um, I found a cut I'm going to show you. Just the guys who didn't know, there are hockey card cuts out there. Upper Deck does a lot, but this is an Ace Bailey. Did I get it right, Jay? I didn't butcher that name, right? That's how you say it, yeah. All right, because I do butcher, I will admit it. But uh, hockey card cuts, I'm after. I I have quite a few. I have the Campbell. I have – I don't even know these guys' names, and I own them. But cuts cuts to me were always fun. And – well, you know, they're I not started. signing anymore, right? They're not signing anymore, these guys. And that's uh, that makes them very, very rare and, and elusive and desirable. And they're Hall of Famers, right? You're not – when you're buying dead cuts, as you call them, are you ever buying non-Hall of Famers outside of your legendary signature set? Do you focus on Hall of Famers or do you ever uh, go go outside of that? I focus straight, strictly on Hall of Famers because the other guys, nobody knows. Um, nobody – unless you were that team only – and it's not going to hold – my eyes, it's not going to hold any value if you pull a guy who's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's been cuts done on guys who have played 20 or 30 games, which I don't understand why they were ever done. Um, Tops, Tops has a cut on a guy – I'm not going to mention any names. He played two games in baseball, which – why put a cut out? Nobody well, knows family, who he is. Maybe, maybe for his family. Maybe for, you know, there are people out there who want to collect a card of every player that ever played for their team. That guy would count. And maybe that's uh, how they got that card in there. Just throwing it. I'm just and throwing it out there, Rick. You're just throwing it out there. Yeah. You throw anything at me, don't you? Todd, this is another one of those cards. I had to show this one to Todd. And I know you had him on the other night. He's a great, huge collector. This is another one of those cards that was never made. But it's a Joe Namath. I'm a Jets fan. Yes, I'm probably the only one who will ever admit he's a Jets fan. Um, just to throw that one at you. Let's see. Um, I can't – I'm in New York, and if you don't know, we're basically under lockdown. So I can't – I couldn't get in my – I wanted to bring some cards, some real cards to show you guys. But I have a photo of a card I owned. Jeremy, I don't have the actual card with me. Obviously, it's in a bank vault. Um, I do own – that's one of my favorite. That's a pretty important card right there, if not the most important card in the hobby. So very, very – what, what do you value that at right now? I have no idea. I would ask you, to be honest with you. Um, so if I offered you a million dollars for it, would you sell it? A million bucks. Now you're, now you're thinking about it. Look at your head rolling. I don't have a million Stop bucks. But I don't have a million you bucks. Right. But if I had a million bucks, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to gauge the value of that card to you. If you'd sell it for a million, I mean, you know, you could probably get a million for that card, I would think. That's a... Big card, man. That's a big deal. What's the grade on that? I didn't quite catch it. Number uno. One. It's a one. Good yeah. enough, right? Good enough. Here's a great, like question. great great, question from Cardboard Nostalgia is asking, do you own any non-sport cut autographs, dead presidents, etc.? I still feel there are three things you're going to collect and make money on. Um, one of them is the guys who walked on the moon because there's only been 11. Um, Neil Armstrong is a signature. I'm still after Neil Armstrong. Three cards were made all by tops and some weird product. And I've only seen one out of the three, but they say that's three of them made, um, presidents. And speaking of presidents, that's a perfect time, right? Jeremy. Perfect. There's a Donald Trump Trump. autograph. Very nice. You guys can make fun of that card. I think you had one, Jeremy. I think it's a couple grand. 
I did. I, I bought one. I bought mine from Leaf at the National. Probably it was when you know I was watching The Apprentice and loving the show. You know, and of course, like many people, I read The Art of the Deal. I thought, oh, I think I bought the card for twenty five or fifty dollars. It was the number one of ten. I think I bought. I mean, there were parallels, so whichever okay. one it was. Yeah. But I had the one of ten, and I actually sold that. Uh, actually, Todd, who was on my show last time, he actually bought that card for me a couple of years ago because he likes the unique oddball type of things as well. So I no longer own it, but definitely a cool card. I mean, it's Donald Trump, but you know, people, there are, there are a lot of people out there who want to have autographs of every single president. And unfortunately, or for better, he counts. So. And what kills me is some little six-year-old to walk into a store and he'll open a one box that I missed and he'll pull the president. I've had that actually happen where I, uh, we were in Chicago and we went to a shop there and I opened a box and there was an open, I wanted to open a fresh box instead of the packs that were there. And some kid came in and bought the packs and he pulled a Jordan autograph. I still remember that. Um, but there are, in my eyes, I remember we went to CNC. I'm not even going to try and say Jeff's place and Cloutson. Come on, help me with this one. Cloutson Chara, it's called. Cloutson Chara. They're yeah, in Kitson, Ontario. Um, Jeff's a good buddy of mine. I love Jeff. Um, we went there for an upper deck event and Johnny Bauer and Red Kelly were there. Yeah. And that's probably the only way I would ever know those names. Nah, I know, but I know, but, uh, I remember it was the Taylor Hall rookie from the cup year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know the year. I don't know. 10, 11 year. Yeah. Uh, that's when we were there and I, they had, they had to have 40th now, probably closer to a hundred boxes of the cup. It was a little bit of a Diamond Club event. We went there before we went to the Toronto Raptors game. And I remember telling everybody, because I wasn't in the mood to open, I just, I had two or three beers, and I don't drink beer. So you guys know, that Canadian beer is strong. Um, yeah, I know. I'm. You want to drink, we'll drink Jack Daniels if you want to go there with a comet before they get them. But uh, I remember pointing to this one box saying, this is the box you guys want. There's a Taylor Hall rookie in there. And a couple of guys like, yeah, right. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And, you know, people bought everywhere around that box, but that box. So I had to buy it. And of course, there was a Taylor Hall rookie in it. Wow. You, so everybody's, you know, everybody's looking at me. How did you know that? I have no clue. I had no clue. I It could have been five base cards in that box for all I knew. Everybody's it's like, oh, you must know that. It's like putting your chips on the on the, on the double zeros on, on roulette, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit. Exactly. Once in a while, it's going to hit. So you hit it. That's probably just a comment, um, Sam. Go- compliment on your your Gretzky card. Gorgeous Gretzky. Yeah, Sam. I agree. I think he's talking. I hope he's talking about that Oilers patch piece auto that I want to acquire from Rich. Rich will. Yeah, show it again. That is one of the nicest Gretzky cards that I've seen in a long time. I think it's just a stunner, stunner of a card. You got to be looking for it, aren't you? You know, I could have showed you thousands of cards, but as I said, I couldn't get into my vault. Oh, I actually did. I swear to God, I did pull this. I really did pull this. I thought this is a great product because there's a ton of Islanders in it. So I was after the bossy or the Gillis. You know, I was yeah. after the bossy to be honest with you. But uh, technology, I think they're coming out with a second part of that uh, pretty soon here. Actually, yes. uh, I yeah. Chris confirmed 100. Sorry, he confirms that he's talking 100 about the Oilers. Yeah, that is a nice card. The the exquisite card you showed is a beauty too. But that. Oilers patch piece is just a stunner for sure. So, yeah, yeah the Oilers were the team, my team from Drive for Five. 
Yeah. The Strive for Five, the Oilers beat him. And I still remember uh, a Diamond Club event in Toronto at the Hockey Hall of Fame was with Wayne Gretzky. I was there. And Gretzky mentioned, which, you know, when we went up to get our photo with Gretzky in the cup, I said to him, thanks for talking about Dennis Potvin. He goes, Potvin, I hated him. I couldn't get around him. He was the only player I couldn't get around. And that meant a lot to me. I mean, I still remember exactly Wayne's words to me. But, uh, you know, we've met – that's another Diamond Club thing. We met Gretzky. Yeah. Was, you know, was, Walter, was that where Walter Gretzky was out too? Yeah. And I don't remember who I was sitting with. I was probably sitting with Ryan. Um, Walter, oh, my God, this guy was too much. And he invites people back to his house. How do I get there? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm the New Yorker. He's afraid I'd steal everything. No, Walter, I swear to God, you can handcuff me before I go in there. But uh, what a what a nice, nice gentleman. And he can talk. He can tell you better stories than I can. And he doesn't even have to talk about Wayne. Um, yeah, he's, known, he's known to be such a friendly, such a friendly guy. Um, hey, Rich, we, we've had a request to see the uh, Honus Wagner card again. Richard's asking, what, what card did I offer a million dollars for? To clarify, Richard and everybody else, I don't have a million dollars. And I don't have a million dollars to spend on a baseball card. But if I did, I think this is one that I would certainly right. be not considering. But let me blow the card up. And as I said, it's in, a, it's in my safety deposit box. It is. I mean, creases and wrinkles through it, some little bit of paper loss at the bottom, and still probably a million-dollar card. You know what? You're the only one who would go creases and everything. I'd look at it and go, my God, it's a Hornets wagon. It doesn't matter the creases to me. No, it doesn't. That's that's my that's the point I'm making is that even a card in a PSA one condition, it's so elusive and so desirable to so many collectors that it's still worth like a million dollars. You guys were talking about Tavares before. Okay, here's a Tavares jersey behind me. Yeah, of course. Really anything to me. Um, let me ask you a question. Sure. You're into the older stuff. I know that. Same way I'm into older baseball, you're into older hockey. How many Honus Wagner cards do you think there actually are? I, I mean, I think the rumor that I've heard is there's like 55 or 60 of them that exist somewhere like that, give or take 20 either way. Um, that's probably it. I mean, there's, there might be another half a dozen, a dozen stashed in some attic somewhere or buried in some time capsule somewhere. I, I don't know. But I think, you know, you're under 100, maybe 50 to 100, somewhere in that range. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm thinking there's more. I'm thinking there's like 150 because I've seen them pop up, and I know a few people with with them, and anytime they show up, it's a ah. But I do think it's more like 100. They say the original quote was there's 20 of them. Then it went to 40. Then it went to 60. So who knows? But yeah. as they say, it's the card of all cards. Yeah, for um, sure. So listen, Rich, I'm before, we, before we start to wrap up here, I want to, really? uh, I want to, I want you to kind of give us like, you know, you've been around longer than a lot of us in the hobby. What, what is kind of something you've seen? What are you laughing at, man? What are you laughing I'm at? Old. I'm old. I'm not. A, well, I mean, you're no, you're, you're not, you're not you're 20 anymore, right? So you've been around a bit longer than I have. You've probably got 10, 15 years on me, maybe. What have you seen? I want to know, Rich, what do you, the hobby's come a long way since the 80s. It's come a long way since the 90s. It's even come a long way since, you know, the, the turn of the century. 
what what do you what do you see now that you really like about it? What's changed a lot? What what do you like the most about the hobby right now? Uh, I like going to some of these shows and just hanging out with people. I you become the kid again, as I said. And the other thing is online stuff like Hobby Insider. All right, I mentioned it. There we go. I wasn't going to, but I did. Um, <laughs> you can say I'm a bossy collector. And you got guys who are looking through their comments stuff, and they got a card I want that I've been looking for. You know, I had this – I've been trying to ship a package to a kid in Canada who was trying to put together – I think it was the Panini Prime or whatever it was, some, the Dominion, the Dominion set. Sure. And I had the two cards he needed, and to me, they're not worth anything. So I sent them up there, and, of course, they got returned to me because, you know, what's going on. But uh, it's just – it's easier to find this stuff and I don't have to go and rip 12 cases to pull one card that I'm after. Um, now I started collecting, as you know, Eichel and Jack. Let's see. There we go. There's an Eichel out of, I think it was out of Leaf. I don't know. You know better than yeah, I do. It's a Leaf Ultimate product. Really nice card. Unique uh, patch. I've never seen that patch before. Yeah. That's the day uh, one. Two year later rookie card, yeah. And oh, it's the black version. Black version, very nice. Rare card for sure. I gotta show one of my favorite cards. Ken Morrow. Kenny. Ken Morrow. You know what? I have a quick He's story. A about Ken Morrow. I got a quick story about Ken Morrow, all right. So this goes back to when I was probably 10 or 11 years old and I was collecting the sticker books. And I remember taking it to school every day and I'd be, you know, trying to fill them in. I'd trade with other kids at class or at recess. You know, every every weekend I'm off to the corner drugstore buying my packs of stickers to fill my album. The last, the last sticker I needed that year, probably 1982, the last one I needed was Ken Morrow. And I went weekend after weekend and I could not hit the Ken Morrow card. I'll never forget it just because of that. That's why I know Ken Morrow. I ended up trading it. Hey. I ended up trading for it. You got hooked. I ended up trading another kid, like 10 stickers, and he had to peel the Ken Morrow out of his sticker album, and I had to put it into mine, so it was like falling off. But I finally completed the set after months of chasing that damn Ken Morrow card. So thanks thanks for bringing that. that <laughs> making me remember that story. That goes back a long ways, early in my collecting time for sure. Yeah, I think I have a restraining order against me and him. <laughs> uh surprised body has one against me. <laughs> but uh now getting back to what you're saying, what I've seen change. Yeah. Um high end dollar cards, insanely high end dollar. I remember I bought a Mickey Mantle rookie, the fifty two tops, three eleven, number three eleven. Um uh, I still remember paying four hundred dollars for that card. And it was in pretty good shape. And yeah. what are they worth today? You never even know. Um, thousands. I mean, if that's even graded a PSA four, it's probably 20, 30 grand, if not more. Uh, I think mine's a six or a seven. Well, but, you know, uh, when you're, when you're getting into the sixes or a hundred thousand dollars easy, and as soon as you're getting to the sevens, I believe really? you're coming up to you're close to a million bucks on a. I mean, an eight will sell for a million dollars easy. I is my Seriously? it's my understanding. I think so. This is why I look to you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going up in value. You know it. Yeah, 
Take care of your jerseys there. Take care of your jerseys. All right, Richie, listen. Listen, man. If there's if there's one thing that I do know about you, it's like under that gruff attitude, there is a care, there's a caring guy. And you've been you've been awesome tonight. Like, you know, you've kept the language right where it needs to be. I appreciate that. But you know, underneath everything and on all the bling and all these awesome cards, there's a caring guy. You you just want to make people laugh. You know, it's it's been a pleasure to have you on, Rich. I, I thank you for making the time. We can keep going for a little bit longer, but I just want to make sure I don't forget to really thank you for coming on. And guys, the mayor yeah. of Canada is, uh, you know, he's more than just our mayor. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. but uh, I don't know. I'm waiting to see where this goes. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it. I'm just, I'm just going with it, you know, because you, you, are, you, are you are a character, your personality. When we're at Expo and I'm at my booth and I got people there and I'm wheeling deal and you come along and you start talking all of a sudden, you're drawing in the attention. People, uh, they like to hear what you say. You're, you're, you're a real entertaining kind of guy. It's been awesome having you at the Expo for the for oh. on 10 years now. So you think I'm funny? You think I'm funny? I, I, get, I get a kick out of you, man. Yeah, good fellows. Every, every New Yorker knows good fellows. Every Canadian doesn't. All right, there we go. I get, I get a kick out of you, sir. I just what, like, um, what has come – oh, if we're going to – you and I can talk for hours, and I can still go on for hours with you, even if we just pick up a phone. But I wanted to just do one thing. I wanted to thank all the uh, the nurses, the doctors, all the essential people, tr- drivers, um, people in supermarkets, just people who make life somewhat bearable and somewhat livable again. Yeah. I mean, in New York, we've had Long Island alone, I think there's like 1,400 deaths from this. So it's not, you know... Don't take this coronas too light. No. And, you know, every New Yorker's trapped in a room. You trap New Yorkers by themselves, yeah, we're bouncing off walls. But, uh, Frankie, I know you're a driver, and I know you're always saying that you don't get – Frankie, you're a hero to me because you're keeping things going, man. These guys are all fantastic. Well said, Rick. Well said. And thank you for bringing that up. I mean, you know, the whole reason why – I'm doing this show is because of what's going on. The whole COVID-19 crisis where we're stuck in our houses. We're not going out like we used to. Um, I mean, there's so many people that are really, you know, I like that. I like that meme that I've seen lately that has all the superheroes on one side, like all the, you know, the Batman's the Superman's all those guys on one side. And then there, there's also a New York firefighter with them. And now there's a, a nurse or a doctor, and they're basically saying, "Come on over, you're with us now." And it's really, uh, it's really heartwarming to know that you know that that society is really looking at the healthcare workers, especially the healthcare workers and the the senior the senior caregivers um, as really heroes and people that are that are really putting themselves at themselves at risk. And um, you know, it's uh, we need to be so thankful and and proud of all these people. And it's, it's important that we it's it's important that we mentioned this right now. And, and uh, if it wasn't for what's going on, I wouldn't be doing this and we wouldn't be having the show right now and having, you know, a couple hundred people watching throughout the show at different points live and tuning in. So, you know, this, this whole thing, it, it's, it's obviously a, a crisis and a lot of people are dying and getting sick, but there are other, there are some, you know, there are, I think some silver linings to all of it still. And uh, we don't know what they all are yet, but we'll, we will see. Not as going. As the time goes by and things happen, we'll we'll see more of it. But 
you know, it's uh, yeah, I, it's it's important to to really express our thanks for all those people that are out there and putting themselves at risk. So thanks for thanks yep. for raising that tonight. I appreciate that, Rich. Oh, come on, I'm the mean guy. Remember that everybody says that. Um, we, but I just want to say you guys are all doing an outstanding job, and I don't want to cut anything short. I just want to make sure I said something like that. Uh, and the truck drivers, Frankie, I love you. You know that, so I had to mention that twice. Yeah, but things we were talking about, things we like and see a difference in the hobby. One of them is the way I used to do authenticity is, I mean, I got a photo. Here's me. And can you make out Cal? Yes, I can. We could, that that's good. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Can see him. That's me and Cal and the ball in my hand. Now, you know me, I'm the only one in the world who would do this. I would take it out of the case. This is a painted baseball. All right. This way that I think is on the, what you can see on the phone. But this is a painted ball and there's Iron Man. I am Iron Man. You know, I still can't do this, Jeremy, okay? It's all but, right, man. It's all right. We get the, uh, we get the idea. Very cool it's piece. Ball. It's his life-created painted baseball. That's how I used to do my authenticities. People look at me. How do I know this is real? I'd show them a photo of me and the player. You know, and whoever just – I didn't read that exactly on the bottom. Their friend's a nurse. Tell her thank you. Yeah, yeah, Glenn's just saying his wife is a, or his girlfriend is a frontline nurse. He's proud of her. Yeah, Glenn, we're proud of her. And, you know, give her, give her our thanks from the hobby. You know, on behalf of the hobby, thank you for just absolutely for putting yourself at risk. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine uh, especially when you're coming home and you have people there that you know it's it's tough. It's very very tough. I have a buddy of mine. He's a doctor at uh and uh, Long Island J, Long Island Jewish here on the island. It's a big chain of hospital. I think it's 21 or 23 in total hospitals in New York. Um, he's a doctor. He comes home and he sleeps in his garage. He hasn't hugged his kids in like three or four weeks. Some of the stories, you know, I'm on the phone with him. Obviously I can't go out and give him a hug or anything like that, but I was crying on the phone talking to him. You can't hug your kids. It's tough. And, it's tough. You know, people are dying without being, you know, the family being able to say goodbye. That's what would kill me. That's so tough. That is so tough. The elderly and they're, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're reaching the end of their days and they can't even be in the same room as their loved ones. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this into a, a sad fest here, but right. uh, we'll I think cry. you and I will both cry. It's emotional, but it, it isn't, it is important that we address it and that we are aware of it and we, we don't ignore it and pretend that it's not going on, but yet we can still enjoy beautiful cards. So what do we have there? Some mantle jeters. This is the Mantle and Jeter. One's a Diamond Club card, and one is the Upper Deck Employee card. Upper Deck Employees, instead of getting bonuses, which I don't know, they get cards, and some of them will let them know. Here, a couple uh, of comments, Richie, and then we're going to sign off, all right? Dan, Dan Hurst is saying cheers for doing this, boys. Thanks, Dan. Happy to do it. Good to see you, Richie. Pearl Jam the Garden down the road for one, one day. Stay safe. But yeah. I know who Danny is. Awesome. Awesome. Technology next is just a new current players. I love the old players. I had to get almost every auto. As far as I understand, Glenn, it's uh, it's new players, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, Happy to do it. Happy to do it. All right, Richie. Should we wrap it up? I don't want to wrap it up. I'm not done yet. You done? (laughs) Well, we're we're at an hour and a half. That's it? That's it. This is like normally one of our dinner meals. I know, brother. I know. But listen, I've got a, I've got a show on on Saturday to do, and then I took on this show on Sunday as well, which was crazy because I'm coordinating with like ten different guys, and I got to test with them before we actually go on. And I'm yeah. still working full time, so 
it's it's nuts. I, I my, my birthday was yesterday and I said to my wife, she didn't know what to get me for my birthday. I said, listen, just give me the weekend off so I can deal with the fact that I've bitten off more than I can chew for the weekend. So not the weekend off anyway. after Sunday's special episode where we're doing, I'm calling it the sports card live sports cards live showcase. 10 dealers are going to be showing some cards, 10 or so vendors from expo are going to be showing cards that they have that they would have had at expo. We're going to kind of take turns showing some cards, talking about them. If you see something you like and you're watching, you can easily reach out to these guys should be, it should be great. The night before Saturday night, I know I've said, I'm going to say one more time, Steve Menzi, who owns the expo is going to join me. And Chris Carlin from upper deck is going to join as well. Should be a really interesting conversation guys. So a little bit of a tribute to expo weekend, because we're all just wishing that, that it was on and we could be there hanging out and playing with cards as per usual. You know, all right, Richie, we're um, gonna, we're gonna end this. You Thank think- you for joining me, everybody. Thanks for watching. Apologize for the uh, any of the technical issues we had along the way. I saw, I noticed them a little bit, but I, hopefully they weren't too uh, too disturbing. And um, that's it, Brian. Thank you for the belated birthday. I appreciate that. I got right. one quick comment for you. All right, Richie. Guys, everybody. Jeremy, real quick. Yo, I can talk. Colin and. Why do you talk to Chris? Chris will keep you going for hours beyond hours. I'm nothing compared to Chris. I well, love him. We're starting late. It's a late, it's a late, it's a late. It's actually an early start for uh, for me. We're actually Saturday night. Instead of starting at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, we're going to start an hour early at 9 o'clock Eastern. And then the, the showcase on Sunday is going to start at 6 o'clock Eastern. I've kind of told my wife I need about four hours, but we'll see how long we go and how many people we have. So we, we could go. She said she might give me some some flexibility on that too. We will we will see. Um, okay, guys, that's it. Richie, thanks, bro. Signing off now, once and for all. I miss you. I miss you too, brother. Good to see you. We'll see you again. I'm gonna keep you in the back room for a minute, guys. We'll see you Saturday. Until then, everybody, take care. Thanks a lot for Stay joining. Safe. Stay safe. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.